If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. But I got to join the show. It sounded a lot of fun. Dusty Thibodeau, Warhawk Report, Jeremy Harper of HowRazor.com, wrapping up our Fun Belt Conference Western Division preview as we get to bring in GJ. Yeah, uh, is it GJ or is it Gary Jones? Uh, yes, all of the above. <laughs> well, we did learn that GJ comes from a long line of family Garys, and that's probably why he's stuck with uh, GJ, just too many Garys. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's... It's like the old uh, Bob Newhart skit when they're all saying, this is Bob, my brother Bob, my other brother Bob. <laughs> or no, Daryl. It, it was Daryl, yeah. It, it wasn't Darryl. Bob. It was Daryl, but I got what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Too many Daryls. Too many Daryls. Too many Garys in the in the Kinney household. So when we look back at how things played out for Texas State, do we think that it was a, a fair statement to say that the all-transfer portal team was a failure and that's what caused mm. Jake Spavadol his his job, or do we think that it was just not enough time for the process to take effect with the Bobcats? You know, when we talked to Southern Miss uh, and Will Hall about um, his approach to the transfer portal, he was all about yeah transfer transfer guys from sort of our circle, from our region, from our build. So they're coming home in a way. I think when with with the transfer portal, you have a good chance of just bringing in a bunch of malcontents from other programs, and if they're malcontented because they're not close to home, they're going to be mal- malcontent for you as well as the place that they're coming from. So the key is just to find great fits, and I don't know if Texas State ever did that. I, I feel like Texas State was bringing in a bunch of guys, but guys that could not mesh and JG J G G J. You know, a lot of his transfers come from his own place, from Incarnate Word, a bunch of guys that feel like it, where it feels like home. So it might come out a little different for Texas State this year. We definitely had our fair share of talking with the Texas State student-athletes, including one of the Incarnate Word transfers that yes. came in on that offensive line. One of five offensive linemen that transferred from the Cardinal up to the Bobcats. Always great to catch up with student-athletes. And then, of course, we had the champion, the Troy Trojans. John Summerall stopping by to talk with us about the Troy Trojans and what can they do to try to repeat this second. Mm, they want to play ugly and they won ugly, right? And now maybe they want to win a little prettier this season. Pretty, pretty doesn't count unless it's a beauty pageant. That's true, but you know, pretty sells tickets. So do wins. <laughs> maybe more so. So without further ado, we break down our final segment of the Sunbelt West coverage there with Texas State and Troy giving us the inside scoop on their programs. One of two new head coaches in the Sunbelt Conference, G.J. Kinney. Hey, look at there. We got it right. We got it right the first time. We didn't have to be corrected. No, you had to be corrected. Uh, Yeah, I think that this ID came over and told me that, yeah, yeah. That's what they're around for. Yeah. Coach, you take over this program in San Marcos, the Bobcats, uh, the rebuild's underway. What, what's kind of your expectations this first year uh, of leading the Bobcats? 
Yeah, I think we'll go out there and try to win every game we play. Uh, you know, we signed over 50 guys uh, in this class, uh, so we've still got some guys trickling in uh, for fall camp. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just bringing those guys together and uh, creating that chemistry. Um, so I'm excited about it. So you, we were talking about you being new, coming in from Incarnate Ward. A lot of people are calling the uh, Bobcats the Ward Cats. How many guys did you bring in from Incarnate Ward? I couldn't even tell you. I think, <laughs> I think, I don't know, 10, 11, I don't know. Uh, you know definitely brought some coaches, too. Uh, seven coaches originally, now down to six. One of them going to UCF. Uh, multiple players, so uh, strength coach. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's been a pretty smooth transition, uh, especially for those guys. And, and even those guys, they're coming in and they're competing for a job. I mean, nothing's being given out. We have a bunch of really good players, so I think everyone's competing every day for, for an opportunity to play. We were talking to Nash Jones just yeah. earlier about having uh, all those guys from Internet Word come in, and I don't know, surf almost like as a as an emissary towards the kids that are already there, some of the guys that don't know the system, those guys know your system. Yep. They know you, they know how you play, yep. so they can kind of help ease people in. How, how nice has that been yeah, to have that? It's been really nice. I think, you know, especially early on, they, they knew what was going on. They were able to lead the team in stretches. They just didn't know where, you know, their class was or the bathroom was in the building or anything like that. But as far as the football part of it, uh, they knew exactly what was going on. Well, let's talk about the football part of it. Yeah. What are we going to see at Texas State this year? What kind of football are we going to see? Yeah, I think uh, we're an up-tempo, uh, run-play-action team on offense. I think that's maybe a misconception that we throw the ball every play. But, uh, you know, we had close to a 1,500-yard rusher last year. We were really uh, statistically 50-50 run pass. Uh, obviously, Lindsey had 60 passing touchdowns and 11 rushing. Um, so, you know, we have – different quarterbacks, different styles of quarterbacks, and we're located in the offense based off uh, who we have uh, back there at quarterback. Uh, we're a vertical run and pass team. Um, so uh, and I think the most important thing is the tempo that we have on offense really dictate uh, to the defense. Now on defense, we're very aggressive. Uh, get after you, uh, we like the blitz, uh, a lot of single high. So uh, I think that plays well uh, with the style of offense. You haven't officially named a starting quarterback. Uh, you have three really in the quarterback room there that can really do the job and get the job done. But you also brought in your former quarterback of Lindsey Scott to kind of help you with that. What has that transition in, in that quarterback room really been like? And who do you see as maybe a front runner for that job? Yeah, also, uh, you know, talk about three, uh, Malik and TJ and, and CJ, but you also have PJ. Uh, as a, so many as a true freshman uh, that, that's had a really good summer as well. So, uh, you know, those guys will be competing for the job and, and uh, just kind of excited to see what they can do. No, no really front runner at this time. Uh, kind of want to see some of these guys. Some of those guys haven't even practiced with us. Uh, so want to see what they can do. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm excited about that group. I think we have a lot of talent in there. Just kind of see, see which guy kind of takes the lead. Do you, do you feel a little bit more pressure to hurry up and name a guy knowing that you just lost the compare probably for the season with his uh, injury? Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I mean, we probably won't even name one until game one. I don't know. Unless someone, I'm not one of those guys that's just going to not name one. If, if someone takes the lead, then I'll, I'll name them. If they don't, then we'll kind of see what happens uh, for week one. So. Is quarterback by committee maybe even a, a possibility? I don't think so. Um, I don't like to do that. I was a former quarterback, so I know the psychology of the position, but never say never in college football. So, something that's been uh, 
I don't know, on top of our minds for a little bit. Why not just Gary Joe? Yeah, Gary Joe, <laughs> uh, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm the third, uh, so my grandpa goes by Gary, my my dad goes by Gary Joe, so I was always just kind of DJ. So I didn't know if I was going to be like a, you know, the Michael Vick to Mike Vick deal at some point. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it starts today. Maybe you can just. Go maybe for we'll it. start that like, up. Texas but State, Gary Joe. I, mean, I didn't so. realize that you had come from a long line of Garys, yeah, yeah, so I can exactly. see, and that's yeah. where this is coming. Exactly. Talk about this whole job of, of making that short move from San Antonio to San Marcos. How did that kind of come to uh, fruition? And then what were your conversations like with the Don as, as they kind of took a more serious tone? Yeah, I think. Uh, Obviously, we were still playing and getting ready for FCS playoff football and had the opportunity to interview for a couple of jobs. And, uh, you know, Texas State was really the one I wanted. I'm uh, a Texas guy. Uh, you know, I, I knew the potential of this program. Uh, you know, had 40,000 students. You got the river flowing through campus. Uh, after I met with uh, Don Foriel and Kelly Gampus, our president, it was apparent to me that they're hungry for a winner. So I, I was really excited about the opportunity. I think for me, too, it's, it's one of those deals where, hey, you can't do it there. They haven't been able to do it. For me, it's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, maybe some motivation that, that you know, I can do it. New guy on the block, but coaching is always a fraternity. What, what ties do you have to other Sunbelt coaches? Oh, man, let's see. Uh, not really in, in the Sunbelt. I don't think I have any. Wow. I mean, I'm sure I know some guys. I have a feeling you're going to get to know some guys pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 really. Oh, my, my cousin, uh, Colby Suits, played in Monroe. Yeah. Uh, so oh, wow. Yeah, yeah nice. Nice. And I think he's now in H-Town with yeah. uh, the Huskies. Yeah, for sure. In the school formerly known as Houston Baptist. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're no, they're no longer Houston Baptist? They're Houston, Houston Christian. Oh, Houston, okay. They, they're they, broadening they their scope. They broaden their scope yeah. of, of, of stuff. Okay. So, Coach, what... what when, when the ball is finally put down there to open the game, the, the season against Baylor, what do you think is the, the biggest uh, thing that we need to watch for out of this podcast season? I don't know. I think that'll be something I'll be able to answer probably closer to, to game time. We have so many new faces and so many new people that it's just gonna. This, this fall camp's gonna be big for us. For some people up here, probably know who their starting five on linemen are, know who the quarterbacks gonna be, know who the receivers gonna be for us. There's, there's a lot of question marks. So. Coach, we thank you so much and look forward to seeing you in uh, San Marcos. So, Nash, GJ, he was just too good of a coach. You could not really leave him. You followed him from Incarnate Word. Talk about that decision and kind of what GJ brings to the table that uh, made you make that decision to transfer up to San Marcos. Uh, First and foremost, like I said, I'm a Christian man, so. God told me it was time to leave and time to make that decision to go ahead and move away from UFW. And uh, when I was wearing my options, I thought this was just the perfect place to go. So not only do I know Coach King, and he's a great hard-working coach. He works for the players. He's more than just a player's coach. He's a good person. But I knew the offensive scheme. I knew all the coaches he was going to bring in. I knew what was going to be going on in that school. So I thought it was a no-brainer. One of five uh, offensive linemen, particularly, that made that transfer. Did y'all kind of collectively make that decision, or was it an individual and it just so happened, hey, what are you doing here? Uh, yes and no, because we knew that portal, you know, is up to anybody. Uh, you can get a better offer somewhere else if uh, you can go play there. 
but I think for us, it speaks volumes about our, our coach, Coach Sue. He is an amazing coach. Technically sound, incredibly savvy, and he, just a hard worker. You want to play for Coach Sue. Uh, when I first came in there to UIW, I was incredibly raw. Uh, I like to think I had a little bit of talent. And uh, Coach Sue saw that, and he told me, and he started to mold and uh, shape and add a lot of technique to my game. And so the endless amount of knowledge that Coach Sue has is incredible to see. And you can see that with the five guys who followed him and chose to turn that other big, big offers. So you, uh, I think what, what uh, Tibbs had just mentioned was that uh, at least five offensive linemen from Incarnate Ward is following. How many people from Incarnate Ward, uh, Ward has eventually come to the Bobcats? Uh, good amount. Uh, <laughs> I want to say close to 10. 10 in my goal. So what does that do, having that familiarity? When a new coach comes in, he's got 10 guys that automatically know the system, know how things run. How does how do you do you guys feel like in a way that you guys can help the rest of the team sort of acclimate into this new coaching change? Uh, yeah, it feels like home, and uh, we were definitely told to step up and be leaders around in our area. So on the offensive line group, we got five guys who know what we got to do, and everybody's come along with us, and we have everybody sprinkled out throughout the rest of the team who just knows the standard. And we have a lot of guys who know football. We have a lot of great, talented people on the other side, of course, who are Tory Spears. And so all we're doing is just, this is the standard that we're used to, and we're going to uphold the standard. Tory, new coach comes in. How, how are things different? What do you say is different? I mean, I would say different personality-wise. Coach, he being a younger coach, he's still mature, but young enough to level with those players. Uh, it's great. Um, we got a new staff coming in that, Really, one reason why I came back. I actually hit, hit the transfer portal when the coaches got fired, but when the older coaches got left, um, hearing what he just said about DJ, I heard that before. He even said it, so that was one reason why I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna stay home and do what I have to do at home. Able to transfer closer back to home, being from the Houston area. What's it like to know that your family's gonna be there and able to uh, see you play as opposed to when you were at Iowa State? It's a blessing to have to see my family. Every time I look in the stand, I see even if it's just one or two, it's a blessing every time. I'm so glad that they would come home and get closer to them so they'd be able to attend the games. How's that San Marcos heat? Ooh, heat. <laughs> <laughs> they got the creek. They got the creek, they can jump into or it. Or whatever they want to call it. It's like a river, right? It's a, it's it's a river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were in Statesboro, it would be a creek. Okay, all right. Well, potato, potato. Exactly. Coach Summerall joins us on Funbelt Podcast. Coach, you got you got the ring last year. You got the title. You got the bowl win. Was there anything that was kind of unleft, for, uh, unfinished business from last year? Yeah, we, we lost, lost a couple of games. I mean, we could win them all. Uh, no, um, oh, it was a, it was a fulfilling year. Um, very proud of the young men that were on that team uh, and what they were able to accomplish. Um, and really, what they were able to accomplish after the start had some adversity. You know, I think everybody get lots of pats on the back on the year, and those are neat. But I think maybe the most rewarding part is we started one and two, and we lost game three in a really uh, gut-wrenching fashion. Yes. And um, to see the our young men bond together and and uh, and not waver, you know, I think um, was a great testament to what they're about, what that group is about. And, uh, and it was, that was probably the most fun part of the year was walking through yes, that defeat uh, in a weird way um, and seeing the growth that happened there as a team 
and then what that manifested as we walked through the rest of the season um, was, was really rewarding, inspiring, and uh, something I'll never forget watching those guys do. Coach Summerall, you, you know, you mentioned that that heartbreaking loss, uh, heartbreaking fashion against App State. What was more aggravating uh, part of the season? That loss in, in front of a, I don't know, that national crowd, yeah. or the fact that uh, Troy just didn't really receive the NY6 Bowl uh, recognition that really, really deserved. Did, yeah. did that did that bother you at all, or did you just put your head down and say, let's push forward? Really, really neither bothered me. Um, the, the loss <laughs> at the moment, I don't like losing. I hate it. Um, and, but I think how you respond is so important. And so I think that was a really pivotal moment of our growth. So, I, you know, that play comes on, I kind of smile. People look at me like, what's wrong with you? I respond with, that I played it in our season. You know, and so that part I actually look at in a weird way is a little bit of a blessing. And then the bowl stuff, I don't really caught up in. You know, I don't, you know, I know it's cliche, but control what you control. Nobody asks my input on whether we go to a bowl or whether we get into this bowl or that bowl. And so I don't spend any time uh, thinking about it. I just, you know, help our guys perform their best and grow to be their best. And uh, what, you know, the chips fall where they may. Whatever bowl game we got sent to is where we got sent. Um, I really enjoyed getting to play what I consider another premier group five team at UTSA. I thought that was a fun matchup um, to get paired with uh, and help represent our conference to show that, you know, we're, we're, we're up there in the conversation for the Premier League now by how we performed against UTSA. And so that was, in some ways, um, just as rewarding to have a Premier Group of Five matchup, if you will. You lose Carlton Marshall from last year. How do you replace that leadership? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to break it to you, Coach. <laughs> but how, how do you kind of replace that character, that leadership, and, and just everything he brought to your team? You don't um, replace Carlton exactly. You know, um, there's not just a plug one guy in for Carlton and all things stay the same. I think other guys, maybe other position groups, have to step up from a leadership standpoint. Um, you know, the John Solomons and Del Pettison, Ray Stewart, today. You ask those guys, you lean into their um, experience and leadership to help kind of steady the ship and maybe pick up some of that slack. Um, and then Carlton had some absences last year where he was injured. He didn't play against Ash State uh, with an injury. He didn't play against Louisiana with an injury. He didn't play for a half, the entire second half against Arkansas State, a game which we were down. Yeah, don't remind me. Yeah, so so Carlton, um, some other guys got experience in his absence, which was beneficial for them. And then uh, I think we have some other guys in that linebacker room that are ready to step up and grow. But I don't think you just ask one guy to say, you try to be like Carlton. I think the other guys have to kind of pick up the slack. You know, Coach, you were talking a little bit about, the, well, you talked a lot about the defense there. Uh, we talked to your guys earlier. We talked about that 10-6 uh, victory you had over South Alabama. To me, it was the most, one of the most exciting games I had seen all year. And that's 10-6 game, it, it's kind of unusual. You guys lost a little on defense with, um, you know, people graduating out and, and so forth. Is the defense going to be just as strong this year, or is going to re be relying a little bit more on Gunnar Watson? Yeah, you know, I, I have high expectations for our defense still. Um, I'm a firm believer that the defense is not about one individual. It's a 
some of all the parts that you know, try to make synergy there and become better maybe than what they are if you add them up independently. And so how can you um, piece together things and make them compounded to have better strength? Um, so I think what we found in defense, we do have a lot of a lot more unknowns, a lot of production is lost that we have to identify and address. Um, and last year's team, you referenced one in the game, 10 to 6, one another, beating Army 10 to 9, you know. Um, our recipe for success last year was how ugly can we make it when we turn it into a rock fight, candidly. If it was going to be a shootout, we probably didn't have a very good chance of winning last year. I feel much different about this team. Um, I still, I still think we're going to play ball and defense. We're, we're going to lean on our offense. We're going to evolve and adapt. I don't think every, every team different year to year. And this much, I think, has maybe more explosiveness offensively. Um, I think we can get to some more open sets and push the ball down the field a lot more. And you talk about Gunner, man. I'm, I'm, you know, Gunner's not here today, not because I don't like Gunner. I love Gunner. I'm proud of Gunner. Gunner's uh, our guy brought Ollie here because he's also our guy, and I think it's a representation of the team model. It's not all about the quarterback, but Gunner's growth individually over the last um, seven, eight months um, has been really fun to watch. He hit 19.7 miles in the GPS, miles per hour in the GPS last week. I don't, and nobody's going to, like I said this, and I'll probably say it today, nobody's going to confuse him with Michael Vick. We're not going to switch to a triple option offense. All right. But Gunner has the, the ability, he's, he's really committed himself to the nutrition program. He's busted his tail in the weight room. He's attacked our running. And, and so I've seen his body change a ton and his athleticism improve a great deal. Um, so I think you can see Gunner this year extend some plays, maybe create a few more plays with his feet um, and do some things that are nice there. Um, but Really, our offense, I think, has a chance to be improved. We did lose quality production offense. Our top two receivers are gone. But I like some of what we have back. And through four games last year, Jabri Barber was our leading receiver. He got hurt in game five. Well, he's back. So um, Jabri led our team in receiving last year. He stayed healthy. And so I'm excited to see what Jabri does. It really kicked off last year with what football did to really establish that, that culture at Troy. Do you kind of step back and enjoy that moment there with Scott Cross, with Coach Mead, and in, in the uh, the baseball success as well? Yeah, I'm a fan of everybody on our campus. You know, uh, we we all we're all Troy people, and so I pull for everybody. Um, I'm not going to act like I know every detail of how to have a great basketball team or great baseball team, but I was at our conference tournament a couple for a couple of those games and pulling for Skylar. I go to a ton of our basketball games. Um, we, we love Troy, we support Troy, um, and seeing everybody have success is a lot of fun. And our women's basketball program has had a ton of success over the years too with Shanda. And so um, for us, we pull for everybody. Eric Newell, our, our softball coach, who just finished his first year, had a really good year for year one. And so uh, I want to see everybody have success. Um, you know, rising tide raises all ships. We talked we talk to the man of baseball, the All-American, Shane Lewis. Yeah. He, he said he, he, he knows how to run some routes on the receiver. So, you know, just letting you know, he's working on his speed. So, so you can if, always reach out. Yeah, I would love it. I don't know if Skyler's going to let me borrow as many bombs <laughs> as he jacked last year. You know, it's funny. 
Schaller had me come talk to the, the baseball team before the season. And I probably talked to him more like a football coach because that's what I am. But there's probably some guys in there going, man, this dude's nuts. But, um, you know, Shane, I didn't realize, like, I'm out watching a game or two and I'm realizing, all right, this guy's going to crush the ball this year, it sounds like. And then you see him in person and you're like, hang on, he's that big? Like, he's going to be some giant. They're big guys. Like, in, yeah. my mind, in my mind, I've got, like, Mark McGuire or Jose no, Seiko. No. That's the era I'm in, you know. And I look out and I see Shane, but and what a phenomenal story. Fun to watch him and excited that he's returning uh, to our baseball team this year. I think he's going to do big things again. Last question for you, Coach. They tore down the goalpost. Did you get a piece of it, though, before they uh, finally did away with it? You know what? I didn't get a piece of oh. it. Uh, I didn't get I, I don't get a whole lot. You know, I just kind of stay about my business and my work. I'd love, I may have to go find somebody that has a piece and steal it from them. <laughs> Well, thank you, Coach Summerall. We, uh, Summerall, we really appreciate it. Thank you all. Appreciate it.